This is Frank Dominguez for the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast. The Winston-Salem Symphony has been conducting a series of concerts, sort of in the spirit of American Idol, to determine its next music director, with feedback from audiences and patrons factoring into the decision. The next conductor up for the position is George Jackson. He leads the orchestra in the Stevens Center Sunday, March 3rd at 3 p.m. and Tuesday the 5th at 7.30 p.m. And he's on the phone with me now to talk about the program and the prospect of being the next music Music director George, thank you for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me, Frank. Since you're vying for the position of music director, it's inevitable that this is going to sound a little like a job interview, so I'm not even going to fight that. Uh, tell me why you're interested yes. <laughs> in this job with the Winston-Salem Symphony. Well, I think there are, of course, many reasons, um, but the main reason is just it's amazing to see an orchestra that has such a close relationship with its community, um, and actually an orchestra that I think has is so strongly related to it that actually the all the activities that I think the orchestra does really reflect the community in a way that I think is very very unique um and I think one of the things I really admire about Winston Salem is it's got this incredible history behind it and this great sense of tradition whilst at the same time being quite innovative and quite forward looking and and you know particularly um in a lot of the industries that have started there in recent years and so this combination of i suppose history and and uh, the future is something which i think orchestras spend their lives trying to balance you know we we still read music from from notes and use pencils and we write things in but we're also trying to look to the future at the same time so i think to be in a a city that combines those two areas quite well um it's it's there's no better place for an orchestra let me know a little bit about your musical background when did you first become interested in music as a career and in conducting specifically and what are some of the orchestras that you've led so i grew up in a, a family of actors um so both my parents are actors and um so it was very i suppose very theatrical not specifically musical um but but actually, that was really my interest was the idea of putting putting things on and sort of you know being creative and you know with a blank canvas rather than anything else and so I think, as I grew up, I was interested in music, and I spent a lot of time um making people listen to concerts that you know I'd put on in the front room and that kind of thing um but I don't think I took classical music to use that term so seriously until I was you know probably in my late teens um I was always a more of a rock musician, I suppose you'd say. So I always played the guitar and I wrote songs and played in a band. And so it wasn't really until I suppose I was about 16 that I fell in love with the orchestra. Um, and I remember playing the violin in a youth orchestra um, and it was Symphony Fantastique, the Berlioz Symphony. And I remember sort of being explained uh, by the conductor what was going on and what sort of sound world that this particular piece was painting without any words just the sounds of the orchestra and I suppose I kind of caught the bug of what an orchestra is and what a what a symphony can be Um, and so from there I think I really turned my attention towards classical music and I think initially I thought I was a composer um, and the more I wrote things down the more I realized I wasn't a composer at all Um, but I was much more interested in other people's music and I suppose being a kind of a third party interpreting the things that they wrote so um, my first kind of station, having grown up in London, was um, I moved to Dublin in Ireland, where I spent four years studying music, and that's really where my early conducting experiences began. Um, I conducted one of the the chapel choirs in Dublin, um, as well as the orchestra, and started a 
kind of a charity string orchestra um, with the idea of getting people together to raise money for for various different causes um, in Dublin. Um, and for me, it was an opportunity to to actually try things out. And so I think the more that I did that, um, the more I realized that as nice as it was to have a practical training uh, and lots of experience, I think I needed something a bit more formal in terms of training and a and a kind of learning of what conducting is all about. So I went on a I suppose it was an audition tour of of Germany and Austria and and most of Europe and ended up being accepted to study uh, in the class of Mark Stringer who's the American conducting teacher uh, in Vienna and I spent 5 years then uh, continuing my studies and really kind of grounding myself in that very uh, very deep central european tradition of a of a music conservatoire um and so then I think from that time on it sort of became apparent that I was obviously pursuing conducting to quite a quite a big extent um but of course you know the next big question is how do you take all of that theory and and actually apply it into the real world um and actually funnily enough you know I returned to the south um for me it really started to happen when I was appointed assistant conductor of the Savannah Philharmonic in Georgia which is really where I think I learnt most of the important aspects of being a, a young professional conductor um I was lucky enough as a student I conducted the Dublin University the Trinity College Chapel Choir and about 15 years previous to to me doing that job um there was another conductor um a conductor named Peter Shannon who I had heard had since moved to the states and be become the new music director in Savannah and so I reached out to him um during my time when I was still living in Austria and he invited me to come and be his assistant in Savannah so I spent about 3 years on and off backwards and forwards to Savannah um and I suppose I had this very very unique kind of hands-on apprenticeship you might call it where uh, aside from conducting the orchestra which was the first professional orchestra I ever conducted uh, I got a real insight into how particularly an American orchestra works how things function with the kind of community around it the donors the patrons all of the important aspects of being a conductor which of course they can't teach you in a music conservatoire you know that's the musical side and this was learning the professional side so in a way that's it's very very nice to be coming <clears throat> to north carolina um because it feels not too far away from where i feel a lot of my early experiences began i'm intrigued and then, oh go ahead please go ahead yeah no go go for it well i'm i'm intrigued to hear about your background cuz so often uh, when we speak to professional classical musicians it seems like it's a path that was set from childhood and i'm curious to know whether you feel that coming to it from a slightly different perspective as a pop musician and also with a, a theatrical family as your background whether that's given you any kind of a different perspective on the role of classical music in our culture and on the role of the conductor I think it has in the sense that well I I hate using the word classical music because it's just so specific and and I think one of the things I really admire about the Winston Salem Symphony is that um you know of course they play classical music too but they also play pops and they also play film music and other concerts so I don't like this idea of placing a a specific genre on what we do um there's a there's a famous Duke Ellington quote that there are two types of music good music and the other kind And I think that's probably something which I 
would always consider as the most important aspect of, of what we do as a conductor, as an orchestra, as live musicians. Um, it's not so interesting to think about things as classical. Um, and so I know that, you know, of course, a lot of conductors and a lot of orchestral musicians come from quite a, a singular classical background. But I think the more we can learn from other musicians, the more we can actually open up the, the activities of an orchestra to the whole community, which I suppose is the, the whole point of having an orchestra. Tell us about the program for the concerts you're conducting this weekend with the uh, Winston-Salem Symphony. So one of the things about this particular program is I've gone for a, a kind of a time-traveling theme. Um, the two pieces which were set from the orchestra, uh, Mozart's Piano Concerto Number no. 25 in C major, which is one of his big set of 12 piano concertos um, that he wrote in a very quick two-year period. And then Dvorak's Symphony Number no. 8 in G major, which is the last symphony that he wrote before emigrating to the United States. And the, the task as a music director candidate was to choose a third piece uh, to kind of link in with these two preset works. And I think when I saw these two pieces, I thought, right, we've got an 18th century piece with the Mozart and we have a 19th century piece with the Dvorak. So I thought, why not a 20th century piece just to create that sense that we're actually moving not just through time, but between different countries. Um, the Ligeti, which is the piece that I chose, uh, the Romanian concerto, which draws upon his influence from Romanian folk music. And then at the same time, Mozart's Viennese, Austrian influence in his music, and then Dvorak's Central European Czech or Bohemian style of music. So it felt like it was a similar related music from similar parts of the world, but with a little bit of diversity um, and this idea of having three completely different centuries. I think one of the exciting things about the Dvorak symphony that we're doing is uh, the reason that I'm very pleased that I was assigned this piece is actually because I spent a little bit of time thinking about what I think is a piece that best speaks to Winston-Salem. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that actually this Dvorak symphony is a perfect piece for Winston-Salem. Um, and I'll tell you why. Dvorak spent a lot of time in his youth traveling around Bohemia, around his home country, and looking at folk tunes and picking up folk melodies before, of course, incorporating them into his music. And one of the areas of, of the country that he loved was what we call Moravia, which is a kind of southeastern corner uh, of the country. Um, and I'm sure you can see where I'm going with this. We all know that Winston-Salem as a city was founded upon the idea of these Moravian pilgrims who emigrated their way there uh, in the middle of the 18th century. And so in a way, if the folk music hasn't changed over a few hundred years, which I don't think it has, then I think that this symphony probably has tunes which may have been known to those particular traveling pilgrims. And so in a way, I, I'd like to think that although this symphony is a long way from Winston-Salem in terms of where it was composed, I think there's probably a lot of of lifeblood in the piece, which I hope really speaks to the people uh, in a kind of historical way. Here's a question I've been asking each of the candidates. How would you describe the role of the music director in the symphony orchestra of the next decade? Of the next decade? That's a, a really interesting question, and we spend a whole lives thinking about the answer to that. Um, so it's very nice to try and answer it quickly. Um, I think the most important thing is the integration of a music director into the community. And I think that's something which I would like to think increases over the next decade and, and beyond. Um, we've created this culture, which I think is a bit of a fly-in, fly-out culture for many musicians, where you 
go into a city, you work there for three or four days and you leave. And while that's an interesting way to work, I don't think it's a sustainable model for the most important aspect of music, which is, of course, sharing that music with a community. And so I think that the music director of the future has a job to really know their community and really know everything that happens in that particular part of the world in order to create a situation where I think the orchestra is mirroring what that community wants, what that community needs. And so that I think that's the important thing for a music director of the future, uh, as well as going out there and, and identifying how we consume music in different ways. You know, it's not, it can't just be sitting in a concert in silence once a month and listening to an orchestra. Uh, there are so many ways to to consume music. Um, and so I think the music director's job, particularly in the future, is to work out what those are. My guest has been George Jackson. He leads the orchestra in the Stevens Center, Sunday, March 3rd at 3 p.m. and Tuesday the 5th at 7.30 p.m., that orchestra being the Winston-Salem Symphony. And the program includes Ligeti, Mozart, and Antonin Dvorak. There is a link to uh, more information about the program at our website, wdav.org. Look for the Piedmont Arts Podcast. George, thanks so much for speaking with me. My pleasure. Thank you, Frank. For the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast, I'm Frank Dominguez.